This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Take a deep breath in, baby. My let's keep it real, people. I am so excited about this guest, our awesome, inspiring Dr. Rachna Patel. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Patel. She has been practicing as a medical cannabis doctor since 2012. In her consultations, oh, this is be so good. She step-by-step walks patients through how to use CBD oil and or medical marijuana for their specific medical conditions. Now, I went on her website, and that doesn't even say enough about what this woman does. It's amazing. I just kept pushing, oh, I want to know the answer to this. I want to know the answer to this. So I cannot wait. How are you? This is... I am doing fabulous. And you're in California, right? So uh, there's been a little change. Um, I have now transitioned to the Chicagoland area in Illinois. Oh, so you're right on the coast there. All right. Yeah. I'm coming closer to Philadelphia. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Although I left, I left the warm weather. <laughs> so I have a question. Why? Why Chicago? So I got this great opportunity. You know, one of my main objectives uh, as a physician is to impact lives, right? And I was right. doing great at it with my brick and mortar practice um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And then I also transitioned online. I got to impact lives globally, but it was just me, right? Yeah. And I knew that um, uh, with cannabinoids like CBD, there was a the potential to impact even more lives. So um, I partnered up with investors and we went big. We went to Doc Patel's now. So my goal here is that I want to now take the knowledge and experience that I have and share it with other healthcare professionals so that they can go out and impact more lives. I love it. That's And when did you move to Chicago? Is this just brand new? Brand spanking new, just uh, June, January 6th. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Talk about transition. You're in it. Uh, I am in it, yes. So do you see, before we get into the nitty-gritty, do you see a big difference between Chicago and San Francisco? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, about the acceptance, I mean, of medical marijuana? Like, is there, you know, like, is it different being... I always think, because when I was out in California, it just seemed to be like, okay, this is no big deal. Maybe it is, but that's how it seemed. Yeah, so it varies from state to state. Um, in California, much more accepted. I mean, it was one of the first states to legalize marijuana. Right. So in general, they're a lot more accepting of, of cannabinoids in general, right? Right. Um, uh, Illinois, I think, you know, Illinois actually just recently, on January 1st, legalized marijuana for recreational use. Wow. So it's all very new here. Um, so clearly, they're accepting of it to certain, you know, to, to, to a certain extent. Probably not as much as California or Colorado, but they're getting there. I would say. So, um, so it just the culture around cannabinoids varies from state to state. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's way more conservative here in Philadelphia. We were just—I was talking to you about that a little bit about my friends. You know, they see how it could help, you know, some of their parents who are going through difficult times as they get older. And they're on so many different pain medicines and painkillers. 
but they were like, no, I can't do pot. And they're like, what? Like, oh my goodness, look at what all the side effects are, everything you put in your body. I don't know if you experience that or not, but it's big time here. Yeah, I think with, with, I mean, just having treated so many patients, it's huge. They're on a cocktail of medications that, um, you know, oftentimes can interact in in odd ways and um, uh, can cause side effects. And then also with my background in emergency medicine, there were times when we admitted, especially the elderly, for what's known as polypharmacy, where, you know, there was some sort of interaction going on that landed these these patients in the emergency room. So very familiar with it. So let's back up a second, all right? And tell them a little about you. Like, what made you make the shift? Uh, the shift from, so my, so again, my background's in emergency medicine, yeah. and then uh, actually never practiced and just ventured into cannabinoid medicine. So here's what was going on. I, I was in emergency medicine. Why do people come into the emergency room? Because they're experiencing some sort of pain, whether it's head pain, neck pain, back pain. And typically, if there's no emergent cause, you send the patient home, you know, with instructions to follow up with their primary care doctor and with a script for pain medications, typically opioids, okay? Now, what would end up happening is that a lot of these patients, uh, given the nature of our healthcare system, would end up coming back into the emergency room and they would say, look, these medications didn't work or I'm getting side effects from these medications. And in the worst case of scenarios, I would end up having to resuscitate patients who overdosed on these medications, whether it was an intentional overdose or, or an unintentional overdose. And so, you know, there I was uh, kind of questioning my decision because it was like, okay, I am in this to impact lives. And really what I felt like was I was at a revolving door on the one hand, handing out these, these, these scripts for pain medications. And those very patients were coming right back on the other side. Um, And, and, and I, I happened on an ad on Craigslist one sleepless night that said medical <laughs> marijuana doctor needed. And that's where the journey began. I started to dig into the research for a, a good year. By yeah. year's end, I was like, you know what? There's potential here um, that, that you know, these cannabinoids can, can help pain in a way that conventional medicine cannot. And so, you know, it's one thing to have the book knowledge, but then you need to have the people knowledge as well. And so that's when I signed up to work at a medical marijuana clinic. Mm. And really, there's been no turning back. It's just been an evolution in my journey. How long did you work in the emergency room? In the emergency room was uh, was my training, right? Okay. Um, So I didn't actually practice in emergency medicine. Gotcha. Yeah. So... But what an eye-opener for you to have that experience, you know, to see all that and know what you didn't want to do and how you wanted to impact the world. I mean, oh, my goodness. Crazy. Crazy. I don't even know. Like, were there some days you just thought, I don't know if I can make it through? Yeah. It was just like, what am I doing exactly? You know, am I – I I, I put in all uh, all these years of my life to train, and here I was actually practicing now. Um, or, you know, practicing as a resident in training. And it was like, okay, I don't even know if I'm like, you know, actually making a difference in these, in these people's lives. So, and that's really why I signed up uh, to to do, to do what I do. Um, And now years later, I truly do feel like I'm actually making an impact on people's lives. You know, I didn't know that much about it, but I was doing my own search 
I had injured my neck and, you know, people didn't even know what I was really going through, but I couldn't move for almost six months, doc. I was like on my side and the nerves going up to my head. It was just crazy. I'm someone that never took medicine, right? So I was so anti-taking all these painkillers and everything and I barely took ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my family and friends were like, just do what the doctors say. You know, why are you being so stubborn? And I, I don't know, there was something in me saying, I just, I can't. Like, I don't want to take all that. It scares me. And I found, thank goodness, my DL was like, Sandy, you wouldn't like it. It's not for you. I'm, I'm not against medicine. Like he said, there's a place for it. But I would highly recommend going to get your medical marijuana card. I'm like, okay. You know, like I, marijuana didn't work. You know, I tried it in college. It wasn't, it made me all kinds of crazy. But I went down that road and boy, am I happy I did. I, it, it changed my life and it really, really helped me. So I know firsthand about the stigma and, oh, you're going to a medical marijuana place? Yes, I am. You know, I'd rather do that and understand what can help and not, you know, not that I'm against medicine, you know what I mean? But let's just check this out. And I'm sure you see that all the time. Yeah, all the time. I mean, I, that, that's basically the, the story that everybody comes in with, saying that, you know, Dr. Patel, I have spun my wheels and spun my wheels with conventional medicine, with alternative medicine, nothing is working, and this is a last resort, but here's what I'm going to tell you. The last time I used this was in college or, or oh. high school, and I got really, really high, Yeah, uh, you know, off of marijuana. Yeah. And so my response typically is, is that, listen, you're using this medically. I'm going to walk you through it to use it in a way so that you don't get high off of it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where, where CBD comes into play. Um, so, um, uh, the, the, so let's talk a little bit about the chemicals in, in this cannabis sativa plant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning because a lot of people really don't even know the difference between CBD and THC. They don't. Yeah. Want it. Yeah. So, neither did I. Neither did I. So I'm going to backtrack it just a little bit. So you have this plant called the cannabis sativa plant. And um, within this family, you have hemp and you have marijuana. Now, hemp and marijuana are essentially the same plant. The difference between the two is a legal distinction, okay? So hemp, by law, has less than 0.3% THC. And then by default, marijuana has more than 0.3% THC. Okay. Okay. So that's the main difference. Now, both of these plants make chemicals, which are known as cannabinoids, more specifically phytocannabinoids, because these chemicals come from the plant and phyto means plant. Okay. Um, And um, the the two main chemicals that they make in high concentrations are CBD and THC. Okay. Okay. Now, marijuana happens to make more THC um, than, than hemp. Okay, so hemp is predominantly um, CBD based, whereas marijuana can be um, oh, okay. CBD and THC based. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, I-, I would say about 80% of medical conditions benefit from CBD. Okay, so we're talking about chronic pain, uh, anxiety, insomnia, which were the most common conditions that, that uh, patients came to me for. Um, and, and, and so CBD is, is what typically helps. Yeah, so, it helps so, me. Yeah, and so about 80% of patients, you know, this is what they're looking for. So uh, you can use a um, high CBD marijuana-based product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in states where 
they've legalized marijuana for recreational use, you can typically look on the package and there'll be a sticker. And on that sticker or that label, it'll say, it'll tell you the amount of CBD and the amount of THC that's, that's on there. And essentially overall, generally, you're looking for much higher amounts of CBD than THC. Okay. okay. Um, but there's still worry, you know, for, for patients that, hey, it's marijuana, I might still get high off of it. Okay, that's fine. You can then use, you have the option of using a hemp-based product, right? Because remember, hemp-based products have less than 0.3% THC. So you don't have to worry about the high. And so these products by default have higher amounts of CBD. Um, and, um, and so, you know, patients have those products available to them as well. You know, you're, the way you're explaining it has never been explained to me like that. And it makes it a lot easier to understand. I'm just going to say that my experience is going to some of the medical marijuana places in my area. I just feel like a lot of people really don't have that much knowledge and, you know, you don't know what to get and not to get, you know, especially like me, I was going in there saying, I just want it for this. And some of the things didn't work. And it wasn't until somebody recommended somebody I talked to out in California Mm -hmm. that I really got something for me. And I'm not, and I'm not saying these people aren't knowledgeable, but it just felt as if some of the places I went to, it was young people mm-hmm. who really, you know, loved it and had found, you know, great use for anxiety and all that, but they really weren't, you know, knowledgeable in how to direct someone, you know, and I think that's a big concern. Like it does matter where you go. Absolutely. Right. So the difference is, is that you have someone like me who's speaking from a place uh, uh, of having the experience of having treated patients, right, um, uh, w- with with these products versus someone who's been uh, using it Pers- you know, for their own personal consumption. Yes. So, so that's the main difference, right? Because with me, I've seen so many people now, I'm, I see trends. And I yeah. have the background knowledge of, you know, what, how the condition works. Like, what's the root cause of this yeah. condition? And at what point in the process does, do these cannabinoids fit in? And, and you know, how are they going to help? So, yeah. so, yes, I absolutely agree. And, you know, the patients that have come to me have said the same thing, that, you know, I go there and the intentions are great, but yes, yeah. I, I'm not getting the information that I need for this to work for me. And so because of that, a couple different things happen. You know, people have a bad experience and they just stop using the product altogether. Mm-hmm. Or like, for instance, with, so this is typically the case with marijuana products. You know, they get the same experience that they had in high school or in, or in college and they're like, forget it. I'm not going to use this. Or with CBD products, people keep on switching brands. They think, oh, it's a brand. Yes, and, yes. And, and it very well may be, but a lot of times it's also how you're using uh, the product. You know, are you using the right strength of the product? Are you using the right amount? Um, are you taking it at the right frequency as well? Um, so a lot of these, these factors come into play. Yes, and it's overwhelming if you don't really know what, you, you know, you have to do a lot of research on your own, but then you also want to have somebody like you who's extremely knowledgeable. And like I some of these places I would, it was hit or miss, I'd go in, there was someone knowledgeable, but sometimes there, there wasn't. So let's say, let's go with one of the biggest things that, that people bring up to me, and I always say, okay, here's what we're doing, and we're going to go to the medical marijuana place, and we're going to learn about it. And when they walk in the door, they say, should they, no matter what, talk to a pharmacist first or a doctor? I mean, is that required, you know, or is it 
you know, maybe somebody who's just been through it can help you. And I, I don't think there's one answer out there. Um, okay, so uh, so in states that have just legalized for medical use, it is yeah. typically required that you do speak to uh, a physician, right, to get a, a who then issues a medical marijuana card, which is otherwise known as a medical marijuana recommendation or a medical okay. marijuana certification, okay? Yeah. Um, in states that have legalized marijuana for recreational use, um, uh, you, you don't typically need to see a, okay. a physician, right? right. Um, and then when it comes to hemp-based CBD products, um, again, you don't need to, uh, to, to see a physician to get access to these products. A lot of them are sold online even, okay? Yeah. Um, however... In the long term, if you want to save yourself some time and money, I would recommend seeing a physician who is experienced because they can, um, uh, uh, you know, get it, get the process down to the, the, I mean, I've gotten the process down where I am recommending particular products to patients and then walking them through exactly how to use it. Yes. And, and this is just in the first consultation. And typically, I would say only about 10% of patients have had to follow up with me. Wow. Uh, because it just, yeah, that first consultation, you, you, I can basically walk you through how to, how to use this. Your problem is solved, and then you can move on with your life. Um, and then about for the other 10%, we just need to tweak the dosing typically um, is, is what happens. Um, or they have follow-up questions like, hey, I got on this prescription medication. You know, what are your thoughts? Things like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's usually within a one, in one consultation um, I, okay. I can help you how to use the product. So I love that. So even if it's legal or not legal, it doesn't matter. If you sit down with someone and they really know what they're doing, they're going to save you a lot of time, money, and frustration. And so it is worth it. Even if it's not in person, right? You can do it online, right? You don't have to be in person. Yeah. So so now that I've expanded to Doc Patel's, we've significantly reduced the rate of our consultations. It's $25 a pop, and that $25 gets applied towards... Um, as credit towards your purchase of any products. Wow. Yeah. So we wanted to make it very affordable. Oh, super that's affordable. That's really affordable. Yeah. Yeah. Holy moly. Um, and so I'm doing the consults now. But like I said, the plan is, is to bring on other healthcare professionals so that more lives can be impacted. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. So biggest question. Here yes. we go. Yes. Do you think... It's okay. Someone wrote in for my teenager to do marijuana. This is exactly what they said for anxiety. Will they get addicted? And you know where this is going, but I'm just saying it exactly yeah. how they asked you. Um, I, so here's my belief. When it comes to any medication or any drug, a lot of it comes down to how you're using the product, right? And I believe in, in responsible use of the product and appropriate use of the product. So let me just give you an example. I've had a lot of patients um, come in, um, well, parents have brought in their teenagers saying that, hey, listen, I caught my kid using marijuana and they're telling me it helps their ADD or their ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to, to, you know, so we're fine with it, but we want to make sure we're doing it right. So counsel, counsel us through it. And of course, this is California, right? So the mindset set may vary through other parts of the United States. And so that's what I would do. I would walk them through how to use marijuana-based products, right? Um, but of course, you know, um, if the parents are very concerned about 
the psychoactive effect of the THC, they always have the option of using hemp-based products as well. Um, and essentially, when it comes to anxiety, you know, whether this person's a teenager or not. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, a couple of principles to keep in mind, okay? So you want to use high, high CBD products, whether they're marijuana-based or they're hemp-based. Okay. What you want to avoid are high amounts of THC because high amounts of THC will make your anxiety worse. Uh, it will give you oh. paranoia, okay? It will... Um, uh, it makes it worse and it gives you paranoia typically. So so that's really, you know, a lot of times the people have used marijuana in high school. They're like, I, I felt my anxiety got worse and I was paranoid. Yeah, I was paranoid. That's what happened when I was in college. Yeah. Was like, yeah. Yeah, so that's the reason why. It's, it's, it's high amounts of the THC. But if you can avoid the high amounts of THC altogether and stick to high amounts of CBD, it will... Um, help to, uh, 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 to to help you feel more calm and help you feel more relaxed. And that's typically what patients report back to me. Once I get them on this high CBD regimen for their anxiety, that's what they say. Now, there, there is a, a subset of people with anxiety who also experience uh, panic attacks. Okay. And yeah. so for a, for a lot of these patients, what ends up happening is that they report, most of them report that, you know, my panic attacks have gone away completely. Um, others report that I, what? yeah, com- yeah, it completely eliminates it because they're taking this on a regular basis. So, oh. so the anxiety levels, I mean, they may get high, but they don't get high enough to the point where, you know, people are, are experiencing panic attacks. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the difference this can make in the, in, in the quality of life for yeah. a person? Yes. Yeah. Holy moly. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. All right, I'm getting too excited here. Let's back now. <laughs> All right, so you do the answer to that question. You see a lot of results with this for anxiety. Doesn't matter who, you know. Doesn't matter the age, especially with the high amounts of CBD. You see lots of results. Tons. It's one of the most common conditions that I treated. Okay. All right. All right. So next question. For pain, the word on the street is that you have to have some, even a small amount of THC with the CBD for it to work. What is your belief on that? I was. It depends on the type of pain. So let's let's walk through categories of pain here. Okay. If you have um, muscle pain, then you want to use high amounts of CBD. Again, whether it's a, it's a marijuana-based product or a hemp-based product. If you have nerve pain, I would say about 90% of nerve pain conditions benefit from high amounts of CBD. However, there's exceptions. And the two exceptions that I've seen clinically are, um, are in people who have shingles. Um, okay. their, their pain is so severe, they do need some amount of THC. The reason being is that CBD on its own and THC on its own are anti-inflammatory. But when combined together, there's a synergistic effect, right? So one chemical enhances the effect of the other chemical, and there's an even greater anti-inflammatory effect. So that's what's going on there. Um, And then another condition where you do need some amount of THC is um, spinal stenosis, okay, especially if it's severe. And then you have joint pain, okay? Now, when it comes to joint pain, you know, most common type of joint pain is arthritis, Again, it's an inflammatory condition. You do need some amount of THC. Typically, what I recommend is for the people who don't have any sort of access to marijuana-based products, go ahead and try the high CBD-based products. They may, they may work, and if it works, great, stick to it. If it doesn't work, then you know that you need to add some amount of THC. 
um, in there and that you need to turn to a marijuana-based product if you have access. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, you know how people say, oh, I had pain in my neck, whatever, and I'm on a 10 to 1 ratio or a 20 to 1 ratio. That doesn't mean it's going to work for your condition. You need to sit down with someone and specifically go over what you need, right? Because yes. just because 20 to 1 work, I mean, I'm just throwing out things because I don't know, you know, but uh, it doesn't mean you should be on 20 to 1. Like, okay, let me talk to someone. And exactly like you said, like there's difference in nerve pain. Who would know that? Yeah. I mean, uh, the reason I know it is because just from experience, having treated, yeah. treated patients, enough patients with shingles, enough patients with spinal stenosis to know that the CBD alone is not going to cut it. Right. Um, so, 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 yeah, you wouldn't know unless you experimented, but you have to experiment. If you are going to experiment on your own, if you want to DIY it, I, I'm all about it. Yeah. I would say be very methodical about it. You know, know exactly how much CBD and how much THC you're putting in your body um, uh, you know, how often you're taking it, you know, and then, and then see the trends. Yeah. So it may take a while, um, to, to, to get to that point of where you're like, oh, okay, this is what works for me. You know, this combination of THC and CBD or this strength of CBD. And then in this amount at this frequency, um, but be methodical is essentially what I'll tell you. Yeah. And it's not the same for everybody, right? Because somebody could not get, feel the high feeling and others could. Is that true? Yeah, so let's go over let's go over dosing in general. So dosing in general varies highly from person to person. Let me just walk you through an example. So I had okay. two patients with insomnia. They were otherwise healthy, okay, um, uh, both female, and they were of similar uh, body shape and body size, okay? I okay. recommended the exact same high CBD product to them because they were experiencing only mild to moderate insomnia. And one patient needed 0.5 milligrams to, to, to sleep better, and the other patient needed 50 milligrams to sleep better. Whoa! Right? Huge difference. So, so uh, and you can imagine if the patient who needed 50 milligrams took only 0.5, they would feel nothing, whereas the patient who, t who needed 0.5 milligrams ended up taking 50, they would feel side effects. So, so taking the right, right dose is very, very important. And basically, I, I walked them through a titration process, and I started them at a certain level based on their history. Okay. Um, so dosing can vary highly. And, it, it, and here's the reason why. We have, so CBD, THC, they're broken down in the liver, right? Just like a lot of other chemicals that we take in because the liver detoxifies. Um, and we all have different machinery in the liver mm -hmm. to break down chemicals. Some of our machinery works quicker. Some of our machinery works slower. The other thing is, is that these chemicals are fat soluble, okay? So they get stored in the fat cells in your body. And we all know that some of us tend to get rid of fat very easily, and others of us tend to hold on to it. Um, so, so those are some factors that play a role in terms of, you know, what amounts you need oh. and how often you need it. Wow, I never even thought of that. So you probably, do you start people out like at the smaller dose and then you bring them up as you see how they're affected? Um, no, so I've, I've started some patients on high doses just because I know, um, okay. you, you know, that 0.5 milligrams is going to do nothing for them. Gotcha. So, so I've, I've definitely, there have been patients where I've started them on high doses um, just based on their history. Gotcha. All right, so next question here. What is... <laughs> Is the difference? It doesn't matter if they're edibles, if you're vaping, if it's. I think it's called a tincture. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Does it matter how yes. you take it? Yes. 
Um, Here's a reason why. Um, uh, Let me just give you an example. Again, another example. So um, I've had patients who've had gastric bypass surgeries, and um, edibles are not effective for them because it's, uh, the edible is passing through their gut too quickly for it to get absorbed. So gotcha. they have to use, for instance, tinctures, which are drops that you put under the tongue, um, or they end up having to, to use a vape pen, which is okay. an, uh, an inhalation form of either a marijuana-based product or a hemp-based yeah. product. Yeah. So as far as like if they didn't have a special condition, though, is there something that you think works better than others, or again, does it matter what the what they want? Like well, it, so uh, let me tell you how long uh, these different methods take uh, to take effect, and maybe that'll help to answer your question. Yeah. So inhalation is the quickest; it takes effect within five to ten minutes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Edibles are the longest. It can take up to two hours for, for, for someone to feel the effect of an edible. And gotcha. that's where people make the common mistake, like, for instance, with, like, the pot brownie, the typical story where, you know, someone takes a small piece, 20 minutes later, they don't feel anything, they take another piece, you know, and then 20 minutes later, they don't feel anything, and then they end up taking, like, you know, a, a brownie and a half, and then a couple hours later, you know, they're in a corner, uh, curled up. With their knees to the chest. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so that's why, because they're not waiting long enough to, to, to feel the effect of, of the edible. So that okay. can take up to, two, up to two hours. And everything in between, um, or all the other methods of administration, are, fall somewhere in between, between okay. five to ten minutes, up to two hours to so take the, the, effect. You mentioned the tinctures. Is that how you say it? Tinctures, yes. Yeah, it, that could take anywhere in between. That can take up to an hour to take effect. So okay. edibles can take anywhere from 30 minutes up to two hours. Gotcha. Uh, tinctures can take about 20 minutes up to an hour. Okay. All right. This is a big one, Doc. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about kids vaping? Oh, gosh. Okay. So um, we've come to learn. So here's the, the big thing here. The industry is not regulated, right? And so a- any old Joe Schmo can sell whatever the heck they want. And so what they found out is that... Um, They've been using vitamin E acetate and or mineral oil to make the vape oils, and that's what's been uh, leading to the deaths um, that, that we've heard of. Uh. And, and so it's basically irresponsible uh, manufacturers who, who are, you know, and, and th- that are putting these products out on the market that are, that are ca- they're causing this problem. Um, and I verified it because I have a cousin who's a pulmonologist, and I'm like, you know, what, what's your take on this? Um, and so, you know, that's that's what we kind of went back and forth, and um, yeah, that that's what we ended up deciding. But you know, so basically, you want to purchase products from from a trustworthy source, a reliable yeah. source, yeah. right? So, yeah. how do you know that the source is reliable? So a couple different things. So let's talk about marijuana-based products. If you're in a state where you have access to either medical or recreational marijuana, then you absolutely want to make sure that, um, uh, well, typically in recreational states, laboratory testing is mandated. So there should be some information on the packaging. Remember that label that I mentioned? Yeah, yeah. That tells you the exact amounts of CBD and THC. Typically, there's further lab testing done. To, uh, that tells you about, um, you know, uh, res- residual solvents, you know, these solvents that are used to make uh, vape oils and just, you know, uh, uh, marijuana and CBD products in general. Um, so you want to make sure it's laboratory tested. Uh, a lot of states that have legalized for medical use, okay. um, 
in these states, manufacturers voluntarily test because that's become the industry standard. Okay. Okay. And then when it comes to CBD products, you always want want to only purchase products that have been laboratory tested. If if they cannot present laboratory test results to you prior to purchase, don't buy them. Okay. Okay. Um, and just in general, what you want to be looking for is a couple different things when it comes to laboratory testing in general. Okay. Uh, look at the exact amounts of CBD. Look at the exact amounts of THC. Okay. You want to look at um, and make sure that it's been tested for fungus and bacteria. This oh. is especially important if you have a compromised immune system. Like, for instance, if you're um, someone who has cancer and you're undergoing chemotherapy, because it's a plant, right? It's just like yeah. lettuce. So um, it, can, it, can, it can have E. coli. It can have salmonella. So you want to make sure it's been tested for that um, in general. And then if you're immunocompromised, you also want to make sure it's been tested for, like, a fungus, like aspergillus, for instance. Um, then pesticides, okay? Again, an unregulated industry, so there's a lot of banned pesticides that, mm. are, that are used on, to grow these plants. Um, so just make sure that it's been tested for pesticides. Um, and this will show up on the laboratory test results. And a lot of these labs, there's standard testing at these labs where they know which pesticides to test for. Um, the other thing is heavy metals, okay? Because these plants are known as bioaccumulators. They soak up all the metals in their environment. So whatever end product is made, there is a possibility that it could end up with, with high levels of heavy metals. So, And these heavy metals include things like arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury. Yeah. And then finally, I touched on the residual solvents. The solvents are oftentimes used to make these products. So you, you just want to make sure that they've been tested to ensure that there are no toxic levels of residual solvents left behind. Okay. All right, so that brings me to the next two questions. Sure. Does it matter what state it's grown in? And does it, do you have a brand that you go, Sandy, these are good brands. This is what you should look for. Okay, so Colorado, okay, so when it comes to marijuana-based products, clearly you want to purchase from states that have legalized for recreational use because they're doing their due diligence when it comes to testing. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so this is, this is, now we have about, gosh, I think 12 states that have legalized marijuana for, yep. for recreational use. Yep. Um, so that's marijuana-based products. Like I said, when it comes to medically legalized marijuana-based products, a lot of these places are doing it voluntarily, so you wanna, you're, you're going to have to be proactive and ask for laboratory test results. When it okay. comes to hemp-based products, I have my own line. <laughs> so I wouldn't yeah. recommend any other brand other than Doc Patel. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I am sitting here and I am driving the manufacturer crazy to make sure that every single thing has has been tested for everything that I'm talking about. Um, I, at this point in time, I'm personally going through the laboratory test results myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would recommend. And um, I had actually created my. Um, uh, I started sort of a, uh, a sample batch with a grower and then just expanded to Doc Patel's recently. So, so that's what I would recommend. So we have a team, uh, we have a medical advisory board, unlike most other CBD companies. Um, and on the advisory board, we have physicians, dentists, pharmacists, so you name it. And so all of their, their brain uh, intelligence is, is going into play as well. And they can order that online, right? They yep. Yep, okay. available to order online at docpatels.com. 
Okay, you first said something about Colorado. Is there anything different about Colorado? Like when we were talking yeah, about Yeah, so when, when it comes to hemp-based products, they are um, sort of uh, at the front of the pack when oh. it comes to setting um, uh, regulations for hemp. Most other states don't have um, uh, such regulations in place for hemp production specifically. So, so they're doing a great job, and that's actually where we um, have our farms. They're in Colorado. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, you mentioned a lot of different things. It seems like people say, "Come on, Sandy." I just had a call the other day. Yeah. Oh, I heard that you said you know you were taking medical marijuana and it really helped. Yeah, is that just a bunch of hogwash? How can CBD help all those things? And I need your answer, Doc, because I didn't know how to answer it. Yeah, so there's a system in our body known as the endocannabinoid system, and which is often neglected in medical school curriculums, right? Just because it's, it's very newly discovered, probably sometime in the early 90s, I would say, okay? Um, and so the endocannabinoid system has a lot of different important functions. Um, uh, and let me tell you how, just how important. So they made a medication called Ramonabant, and it blocks a receptor for THC. And when they did that, and this, this medic, so you know how THC stimulates your appetite? It causes the munchies, right? <laughs> so they yeah. thought if we block yes. this receptor, people, it, we can use it as a weight loss drug because it, then it will, it will suppress appetite. Well, what ended up happening was mm. that people started getting really depressed. And they were, were starting, uh, they, were, they were committing suicide, essentially. And oh. so they had to take the drug off the market. So that goes to show you this endocannabinoid system and these receptors that we have in, in our body for, for these chemicals uh, are, it, it's a, are really important, you know, especially for things like mood even. So unfortunately, it's been um, something that's been abused in the past, but when used appropriately, it can have a lot of benefits, you know, especially for things like pain, anxiety, insomnia, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, now, a couple different things. So we produce um, uh, cannabinoids in our own body, and those are known as endocannabinoids. I already mentioned phytocannabinoids that are made by the marijuana, or the marijuana and the hemp plant, and they're basically like twins, okay? So the, the chemicals in our own body, the endocannabinoids, they, they interact with the cannabinoid receptors, but so do these phytocannabinoids. And that's why we respond to these chemicals in the marijuana plant, because we already have receptors in place, and we have chemicals that are uh, in nature that are very similar to the chemicals in our own body. So, so that's essentially what I would say. It, it's just that we don't know enough about this system. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, once we get to, to do more research on it, we'll find out that it's incredibly powerful in, 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 turn, in the impact that it has in our bodies. Well, you know, I'm still blown away that you said people, because that's huge, and I know so many people, that unfortunately, do have them, that you've seen results where people weren't having panic attacks. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, I, I've heard about a lot of different things, but I didn't know, like, nope, no more. So that, that's even alone, like, worth looking into. All right, another question, mm -hmm. and this is a big one. How can I convince my parents to give it a shot? Like, what can I say to them? They are on such, like you said, cocktails of drugs and antidepressants. Is there any study, is there any <laughs> YouTube video that you can use? This guy really wants to convince his parents, and I think they're in their 80s. 
Yeah, so I have a whole channel full of information um, on on YouTube where I answer commonly asked questions like, you know, how, how does how does um, uh, yeah, CBD help certain ailments? How does medical marijuana help certain ailments? So so that's a good resource to turn to. And in these videos, essentially, there's a couple things I go over. I go over the research, the existing research that we have on these cannabinoids as related to the particular ailment. And then I go over the results that my own patients have experienced. Um, and I think people find that very beneficial. And that was essentially what was driving people to my brick and mortar practice yes. in California are the, were these videos that people were watching. Um, and then they got to experience the results themselves. And, um, you know, and then they went on to recommend it to their own. To their yeah, own I love that. When I was, you know, reviewing... Uh, what you were all about. I thought this is a great idea. I don't know. It, I saw that usually you take two to three questions and you answer them. And I thought that was amazing because then you can just click on the ones you're more interested in and say, wow, this could help. Or now I understand it. And that would motivate me, you know, to definitely want to learn more. And you didn't have to go through all the different areas. So do you do that all the time? It's always like two to three questions. Yeah. So I stopped briefly because I was working on building up um, this company, but I am going to go right back at it starting next week. So, um, so, so if any of your audience members have questions, they can go ahead and email them at info at docpatels.com. And uh, we compile them and uh, I, I answer them on social media. And not to worry, I don't mention any names because I know um, people like to have their privacy respected. Yes, absolutely. And if Is, I do use the name, I, I usually change it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Is there an age that you wouldn't start kids? No, I've helped kids of all ages. You know, I've really? helped kids with, with, so adolescents with ADD, ADHD, younger kids with autism, and even younger than that, kids with epilepsy. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, you and I are going to have to have a chat separate than this. Dr. <laughs> this has been, no, it's just been so informative. I can't believe I didn't find you till now, but it's really helped a lot. And I love that people have a place to go and it's affordable. It, it, it's so needed. But before we go, is there anything? I mean, we're going to find out how to reach you and we'll have all that information. But is there anything we didn't get in that you wanted to get in? Gosh, I covered a lot already. Um, you did. You really did. I you did. I, I think I covered the basics for your yeah. audience. And yeah. they can always ex explore my YouTube channel for further information. I'll be putting out more information there. Um, and I uh, oftentimes, I have a Facebook group that I go live in um, that's called, um, It's I think it's, let me just look it up really quick. It's facebook.com backslash groups backslash ask the CBD expert. Ooh, okay. Okay. You know, Doc, it's, it's been, I feel as if a long journey for some people who have been searching and searching and wanting not to feel guilty about taking medical marijuana, especially for the older community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it varies, you know, from generation to generation quite a bit, depending on what what the social um, belief was at the time. Yeah. And so I, I understand how difficult it can be for someone who is, a, you know, who was raised, for instance, in the 30s or 40s or 50s, even even the 60s. Yeah. Um, it can be it can be a difficult decision. But, yeah. you know, like I said, going back to to what I said before, when, when it comes to any drug or any medication, it can it can be used as as a medication, or it can be used abused as a drug. Yeah, anything. So so that's essentially how you have to see it. 
All right. Well, we will include all your information. They will be able to find it. We'll have the write-up. It, I know they're going to bombard you with so much information and you're going to love it. And this has been, I think you've answered a lot of people's questions and I am thrilled that you took out the time with your new practice. I don't even know how you did that. Like if you just moved there to Chicago, I appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and wisdom with us. For let's keep it real people, you know what I'm going to say until next time. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.